0: Grab your Bible. Grab your Bible. Colossians chapter number three. Colossians chapter number three. Uh, We're we're still in chapter three. We're talking about the home. Uh, We kind of titled just the last two or three messages Home Sweet Home. And, uh, you know, that's what God wants it to be Home Sweet Home. Uh, uh, And we've talked about the responsibilities of the wives, the responsibilities of the husbands. Tonight, we're going to talk about the relationships between the parent and the child. The parent in the child. So let's look, uh, let's look at where my glasses are. <clears throat> let's look. Uh, is Norm here? Norm, it's a good thing you got me this big Bible. I'm going to tell you that right now. Cause at least I can see it. <clears throat> I have to step back a little bit, but I can see it. All right. Look in verse number, verse number. I think it's 18, 18. Is it 18? Yeah. All right. Let's start there. You need some glasses? No, I'm good. I'm good. The words are big enough, but the numbers are small. I just couldn't see the numbers. All right, here we go. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in what? All things. All things, for this is well pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be what? Lest they be discouraged. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the privilege and the honor it is to be in your house. Thank you for a great crowd tonight. Thank you for the, uh, just an opportunity to open your word and be better Amen. and to grow and to learn and to develop and be the Christians you have us to be. God, help me. Help me. You know I need your anointing. I need your help. Uh, uh, Lord, I pray that you don't let me forget anything that I, I need to remember. And Lord, don't let me say anything I shouldn't. God, will thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Earlier in this study, we separated, we we did the wives by themselves as one message and the husbands by themselves as one message. If if you missed it, please go back uh, on the website and watch them again or watch them for the first time. Uh, But on this one, I want to put them together. We're going to look at the children and the parents. Uh, it says fathers because God gave the primary responsibility of leadership in the home to the, to the father. Uh, but the parents are together in this deal. Uh, so it would really apply to both of you. And, and so that's how we're going to apply it tonight. We're going to look at the children and look at the fathers. Now, obviously, obviously most of the children ain't in the building. Say Amen. They're, at, they're in the other parts of the building in their classes. Uh, so I did not put as much stuff for them. I'm going to teach you what the Bible says for them. But either way, if the little children are not here, you're, you're a child of somebody's parents. Say amen. amen. And so no matter how old your parents are, they still qualify for the responsibility you have toward them. Say amen. amen. All right. Now, it says this. Children. Let's start there. Verse number. Uh, what verse is that? In Colossians 3, 20, 20, Okay, I'm telling you, the numbers are small, but the words are big. Amen. All right. Uh, verse number 20. Let's read it. Let's read it. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. So, number one. We're just going to go right through this. And I got a lot of stuff to give you tonight. Uh, And and most of it's in the parent side of it uh, uh, because you're here. Uh, But let's just let's just let's just take what the Lord has given us tonight. All right. Children. First, we see the responsibilities. There's two things that he gives us in these verses. That is the responsibility that we have toward our parents and that children have toward parents and the the responsibility of the child. First is to honor is to honor. The word honor means to prize, to revere, to regard with fear, mingle with respect and affection, to venerate, to reverence, to honor and estimation, to revere, to respect, to treat with deference and submission and perform relative duties too. In other words, this has to do with how you feel about them. All right. This is what's on the inside. The second is what happens on the outside. First, he says, honor your parents. And then he says, obey, write that down. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, or excuse me, obey your parents in all things for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Now, I got in such of a hurry, I forgot a couple of things. Now, if you hadn't been here, in the very beginning of this series, I took the parallel verses that go with this, and we put them all together. In other words, we took all the the verses in the Bible that had to do with wives, and we read them. We took all the verses that had to do with husbands, and we read them. So I I I I, I missed that part. So let me let me read this, so you know where I got that word from. Okay, in Colossians three twenty. It says, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Ephesians chapter six, which is the parallel uh, verses. Ephesians 6, one. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Now, so we have two things here. First, honored. That's how we feel about them. That's how we, 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 we treat them from the inside. But then it says obey. Obey. Say that with me. Obey. Say it again. Obey. Because we honor them, we obey them. Are y'all with me? Because we honor them, they are the authority that God has placed over us. We have a responsibility to honor them and obey them. Now... Let me, let me say this, and I got to be careful how I say this, but, um, everything in this chapter is centered around godly parents and, and godly children or a godly home. Uh, when I say submit wives that you're to submit to your husbands, I'm taking into consideration that that husband has submitted to Christ and is following him. Are y'all with me? Uh, uh, and, and, and vice versa. And so when I'm saying to honor your, your, your parents, honor your father and your mother, I am looking at is honoring a Christian household. This is the way this chapter is dealing with how a Christian household would look. If that makes sense, say amen. Amen. Now that's not taking away because I know, I know there are some who have, have or had parents who were very dishonorable. And they were abusive, and they were all of the things we, that we should not be. And, and so, I, just, keep in the, just keep in mind, I'm not, if you, I'm telling you in your position as a child, this is how we should be. Regardless, I, it, it kind of goes like this. It kind of goes like this. I may not have to honor the person, but I have to honor the position. It kind of goes with politics. You know, you don't have to respect the person, but you have to respect the office. And, and so here in this situation, we honor our parents. We reverence them. We, we uh, respect them. We see that God has placed them over us and given them the responsibility to care for us. So we honor on the inside. We obey on the outside. The word obey means to comply with the commands, orders, or instructions of a superior or with the requirements of the law, moral, political, or municipal to do what is commanded or required or to forbear doing that, which is prohibited. In other words, you do what you're supposed to do and don't do what you shouldn't do. Say amen. So that's our responsibility. Now B, write this down. We see our responsibility as a child. Then we see the reason, the reason let's, 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 let's say why we need to do this. Well, Well, you know, in, in, in Ephesians six, it says, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Say that with me for this is, it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. Okay. Not only is it the right thing to do, but in Colossians, in Colossians chapter number three, it says, children, obey your parents in all things for this is everybody say it for this is Well well pleasing unto the Lord. Now, let me tell you something. If there's anything that we should want or desire or strive to be, it's pleasing unto the Lord. That should be every Christian's goal. That should be every Christian's desire is to be well pleasing unto the Lord. Now, how do we do that? By honoring and obeying our parents. Okay. Responsibilities, reason. We have a reason. It's well pleasing to God. It is the right thing to do. It is right. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. But not only that, there's C, there's a reward. There's a reward. We get something out of the deal. Do you realize this was the first commandment given that had a promise attached to it? Look what it says. In Ephesians 6, it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor thy father and mother which is the first commandment with promise. It's the first commandment with promise. Now, where do we get that? Exodus twenty twelve. It says, honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Now, now keep in mind, this land was not just any land. And I don't want to spend too much time because I got a lot of other stuff to go, but I, I, cannot, I can't just rush past this. What land are they talking about? They're talking about Canaan. They're talking about the promised land. They're talking about the land that floweth with milk and honey. The, the land that God has blessed that would have God's favor on it and have God's blessings in it. So I believe we can apply the truth of this that we honor our parents. We honor our father and our mother that our days may be long in the land or in the place of blessing. Amen. Y'all catch that? I don't believe it's just talking about an extended period of time of life because you can have an extended period of time of life and have a crappy life. Are y'all with me? He's talking about in the land, in the promised land, in the blessed land, in the favored land. Now I don't know about y'all, but I want God to be pleased with me and I want to be able to live a little while under the favor of God. Are y'all with me? How do we do that? We honor the people that God's put over us. We honor them. We respect them. All right. Now, that's the children. That's the children. And uh, now let's look at the parents. Let's look at the parents. Number two. Now, we're going to, obviously, obviously, we're going to spend more time in this part because the children are in the children's classes. But, but let's, let's, let's just, let's just see what God's got for us. Okay. All right. Children, obey your parents in all things. This is verse twenty. For this is well pleasing unto the Lord. Number verse twenty-one. Fathers or parents, provoke not your children to anger, anger lest they be discouraged, frustrated, despair, despair, exasperated. Whatever word you want to put here, uh, we can we can be a great influence on our children for good or for bad. And so in in putting these verses together, I see I see pros and cons. I see things we're not supposed to do. And then I see things we are supposed to do. Alright? So here's how I here's how I want to put this. First of all, write this down. There is prohibited behavior. When it comes to our children, and and and, and, and guys, guys, I want you to know Especially those that don't have kids yet, I want you to know. Please listen up, because I am gonna, I am gonna help you. I promise you, I'm gonna help you tonight. Uh, you may not have kids yet, but you, they they may be on the way. And and listen, we we let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. The problems we are seeing in our cities in America started a long time ago. They didn't just happen. They didn't just start. They started in a cradle many, many years ago. It is a reflection of parenting. It's a reflection of a failure in in the way we've trained our children. Listen, this is a big deal. Big deal. So let's look at this. First, I want you to see prohibited prohibited behavior. He says, provoke not. In Colossians 3.21, fathers, provoke not. Ephesians 6, 4, and ye fathers, provoke not. Provoke not your children to anger in, in Colossians. Provoke not your children to wrath in Ephesians. Now, how do we do that? How do we, how do we, what are some behaviors that we need to keep out of the home and and, and prohibit and say, this is not allowed, this, we're not going to do this in our home. One way we can provoke our children to anger and, and, and frustrate them Now, let me, let me say this too. Let me say this too. You never want to break the spirit of your child. You want to break his will, but not his spirit. And we'll, we'll get to that in just a second. That's what he's talking about here. When you break the spirit of your child, listen, how do we do that? Number one, by being overprotective. Overprotective, We never allow the children any liberty. They have strict rules about everything. No matter what their children do, overprotective parents do not trust them. Because nothing they do earns their parents' trust. Children begin to despair and may believe that how they behave is irrelevant. That sometimes can lead to rebellion. Parents are to provide rules and guidelines for their children But those rules should not become a noose that strangles them. Above all, parents must communicate to their children that they trust them. That they trust them. Now, I I was raised strict. But that's not what it's talking about. It's being domineering. At some point, you have to allow your children to be able to start making some decisions for themselves. Because the older they get, if you never allow them, and and you got to give them room to fail. Because if they never learn how to make decisions for themselves, they'll never be self-sufficient. And guess what? You're going to die one day. Your job is to develop them in such a way that they can live without you. And I hate that as a parent. I mean, I, I just, I hate the way that even sounds, but that's our responsibility We can frustrate our children to the point of despair by being overprotective, by showing favoritism. By showing favoritism, my my daughter, my daughter, uh, sent me a picture today in uh, Jordan, and and she sent me a picture of a T-shirt that says, "My kids say that I I I show favoritism," and it said, "But that's ridiculous. I don't like none of them. I just love my grandchild." (laughs) I said, "I need an extra large." (laughs) amen if you don't have a grandchild i'm sorry your day's coming amen listen we exasperate our children by showing favoritism this is often sometimes we do this and don't even realize we're doing it by comparing a child unfavorably to their siblings or classmates by making a child feel like the black sheep of the family parents can create a terrible sense of frustration thirdly Read it to me. Thirdly, depreciating their worth. Sometimes we frustrate our children by depreciating their worth. Many children have been convinced that what they do and feel are not important. That is communicating to children that they are not significant. Many parents depreciate their child's worth by refusing to listen to them. Children who are not listened to may give up trying to communicate and become discouraged, shy, and withdrawn. I remember one time, I remember one time, uh, this was right after Jordan got married and moved out and and the girls were fighting, which they fight all the time. So that's not really that unusual, but, uh, I think it was over a room who was going to get the room that Jordan just moved out of. Well, I was at a point, I was at a point that I was just tired of hearing it. Has anybody ever been there? I didn't care. I didn't care who was right. I didn't care who was wrong. I didn't care. I didn't care about nothing. I wanted peace and quiet in this home. And and they were just going after it. While well, I walked in and and you know the the Carter came out of me and 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 I remember this. I remember this. I can't, I'm telling you. I, I wished I could forget this, but I remember. I was, I was laying down the law and said, this is going to be this way and this is going to be that. And I remember, I remember Brandy saying, can I just explain to you what? And I said, no, I don't want to hear. And, and when I said that, the expression on her face, it was like all the life just left her face. And man, I thought I was going to throw up. Because in that moment, I didn't listen in that moment, I told her, your opinion doesn't matter. What you think doesn't matter. I don't care. Are y'all with me? If I could go back a hundred thousand times, I would never do that again. If your child, and, 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 and you know, we all say this, and we all say this, and I learned this from, from uh, Preacher McCormick. You know, we always say that this is my house. I pay the rent in this house. And I. he said, don't ever say that to your child. If your child doesn't feel like that's their home. I'm like. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean that what they say you have to go by. But let them have a voice. Let them be able to at least say it. Let them feel like they're significant enough that you will hear them. Because you're, are y'all with me right there? Be careful with that. Sometimes we, we say stuff and do things out of frustration that it's hard to take back. What happens? They become, becomes difficult for them to communicate. They get discouraged, shy, withdrawn. Then by having unrealistic goals, by having unrealistic goals, we see this a lot in sports. You know, parents that couldn't, anyway. They wasn't that great, but they're going to relive their life through their kid. And sometimes it's frustrating. They set unrealistic goals. Parents can do that by never rewarding them, never letting them feel they have succeeded. Nothing is enough, so the children never get full approval. Such parents are often trying to make their children into something they themselves were not, the results can be tragic. Some children become so frustrated they've committed suicide. Because if they struck out four, it should have been five. If they hit a home run, it should have been two. They could have done everything right, but the one thing that was honed in on is that one thing they did wrong. We've got to be careful. Having unrealistic goals. Number five, say with me. Come on everybody. This is big. This is big. Parents need to communicate love to their children both verbally and physically. Failing to do so will discourage and alienate a child. I was I was talking to a gentleman and he told me about he was over at his his uncle's house with his cousins, and his cousins was just a nervous wreck about, you know, because you know they they, they tried to mow the yard or clean the yard or whatever it was and 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 they did the best they could and and and, and uh the uncle came out and was uh, you didn't do this and you didn't and the son they were just just nervous as can be. And he said, But man, when my dad pulled in the yard, he said, Boys, y'all done a fine job, a totally different look. And here you have here you have these cousins over here that are nervous wrecked afraid to death to fail and you have a, another the other cousin whose father came in and gave a little praise stood there with confidence. Yeah. It's what we do. Yeah. We got to be careful. Show affection. Catch him doing something right. Amen. Did y'all catch that? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes the only times our children hear from us is when they're doing something wrong. And so what happens is, is to get any attention, they got to do something wrong just to get a, a, a grunt from you. We wonder why they're doing something wrong, because that's the only time they hear from you. So let's, let's praise them when they do something right. All right. Failing to show affection, not providing for their needs. This is, this is massive. Nobody should be guilty of this. They didn't ask to come into this world. You brought them. And it ain't, it ain't my job to feed them. It ain't the government's job to feed them. You made them, you feed them. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I, I, I can't, I got too much to do. <laughs> sometimes when we don't provide for their needs, and, 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 and sometimes we think, well, they've got a roof over their head and food in their belly, but it's a lot more than that. Children need a sense of privacy, a place to play, Clean clothes. Maybe a place to study. Their own possessions. And good meals. By providing those necessities. Parents show their respect and concern for their children. I know that one deal right there doesn't seem like that big a deal. Their own possession. But I'm telling you as a kid. There's nothing like knowing. This is my knife. Knife. This is my case knife right here. My dad's got one. This is mine. It gives them a sense of pride, a sense, and every child, every child needs to have something that's that's theirs. All right. A lack of standards, lack of standards. Parents, sometimes we can, and this is really this is the the, the flip side of the overprotection. Sometimes. We can protect too much and sometimes we can not protect enough. When parents fail to discipline or, or, or discipline inconsistently, children are left on their own. They cannot handle that kind of freedom and begin to feel insecure and unloved. I mean, I've, I've, read, I've read different research behind. They took, they took um, a group of, of preschool kids and they they put them in an environment where there was no fencing whatsoever, just a big big open yard behind a the building. They were nervous, they showed to be anxious and and they they really didn't they didn't uh uh associate well with each other. They took the same group and put them in a fenced in area, a fenced in area. They run and played. Like crazy, because they felt secure. Sometimes we feel like we're we're not being our kids' friends when we don't have rules. But you have no idea they feel secure when they know they're limited in what they can do. And sometimes the best thing you could ever do for your kid is to give your kid an out. What do you mean, give your kid an out? So they can tell their friends, "My parents won't let me do that." They don't want to do it, but they're afraid to tell their friends that they don't want to do it. But if they can say, hey, my parents ain't going to let me do that. Are y'all with me? Yep. They got to have boundaries. They got to have boundaries. They got to have. And by the way, you're not your kid's friend. You're the parent. There's a time for that. And I'll get to that in just a minute. But. There's too many trying to be buddy buddies with their kids and not be their parents. Sometimes criticism, criticism. A child learns what he lives. Say that with me. A child. If he lives with criticism, he does not learn responsibility. He learns to condemn himself and to find fault with others. He learns to doubt his own judgment, to disparage his own Ability and to distrust the intentions of others, and above all, he learns to live with continual expectation of impending doom. Parents should seek to create in a home a positive and constructive environment. Uh, Y'all remember, several years ago, I preached something similar to this, and I told you about the 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 one negative. It's like seven positives you got to speak to counteract one negative. Seven positives to one negative. That's not to get you in the positive. That's to get you even with the board. Y'all, y'all catch that for every negative thing that you say to your kid, you have to have seven positives to bring it back to even. I tell you what's wrong with a lot of our kids. They're running with an empty tank. Amen. All right. Sometimes we can provoke them to anger by excessive discipline. We exasperate our children by excessive discipline. This is a parent who abuses his children, either verbally, emotionally, or physically. Parents often say things to their children that they would never say to anyone else. They should never discipline their children in anger. Never. Rather, parents should lovingly correct their children just as their Heavenly Father does to them. The influence the influence parents have in their lives as of their children has been summed up. I, I love this. I love this 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 little poem. It's really not a poem. It's just a saying. Dorothy Law Nolte. If a child lives with criticism, he learns to condemn. If a child lives with hostility, he learns to fight. If a child lives with ridicule, he learns to be shy. If a child lives with shame, he learns to feel guilty. If a child lives with tolerance, he learns to be patient. If a child lives with encouragement, he learns to be confident. If a child lives with praise, he learns to appreciate. If a child lives with fairness, he learns justice. If a child lives with security, he learns to have faith. If a child lives with approval, he learns to like himself. If a child lives with acceptance and friendship, he learns to find love in the world. We got a great responsibility. And part of that responsibility, part of that responsibility is what we keep out of the home. What we keep out of the home. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Now, this is the proactive behavior. B. Be, write this down. We, we see the, the behavior we're to prohibit, to keep away. But this is proactive behavior. And I use that word, on purpose. We can't just let stuff happen. You know, I, a lot of your modern day psychologists and and child experts uh will tell you uh, just just let them become whatever, you know, just just let them be free to be, that's stupid. The Bible says, "Train up a child in the Way he should go. Yeah. Now, anybody is anybody ever planted a garden? Yeah. Yeah. Raise your hand if you planted a garden. Now, 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 did you just walk in the backyard and say, well, I can't wait to see some tomatoes." I hope some okra comes up out there, but I'm just going to let it be, and I'm just going, I'm just going to let it, I'm going to let it blossom into whatever whatever is there. That's ignorant. No, you go and you get some stuff out. You get the rocks out and you get the weeds out and you get the junk out. And then you put in something that you want to happen. Are y'all with me now? So proactive behavior. Watch this. Ephesians six, four, look at your notes and ye fathers provoke, not your children to wrath. That's the, that's prohibited, but what's the next three words? Say it again. Say it again. Now look at Proverbs 22. Look at Proverbs 22. Right there under it. What's the first two words? Say it again. Okay. Now let me help y'all with something. Let me help y'all with something. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. We don't raise kids. You raise hogs. You train children. There's a difference. The the problem is a lot of people don't know that difference. I had a lady tell me one time, very, very wealthy lady tell me one time because she knew I had four girls and they were real little at the time. She had two daughters said, your responsibility is to straighten their teeth and send them to college and you've done your part. Yeah. I thought... Ma'am, you're crazy. There's way more to it than that. But guess what? Now, we can laugh all we want to, but how many people are just making sure they have clothes on their back and food in their belly and they go to school? And that's as proactive as they get. It happens every day. Now, watch. What does this mean? What does it mean to bring them up? Well, two things he gives us here, the nurture and admonition of the Lord, Lord. the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Train up a child, say it with me, in the way he should go, in the way he should go. go. That's a key. That's a key. Now, the word nurture, the Greek word means uh, education, training, by implication, disciplinary correction admonition means calling attention to mild rebuke or warning now looked up in in Webster's dictionary discipline it's the practice of training people to obey rules or a code of behavior using punishment to correct disobedience now think about that we're supposed to be training people to obey rules not hope they do you see the difference there's a big difference I saw, a great, I saw a great sign the other day. It said, parents, please do better with your kids because we have to live with them when you're through with them. Right. Yeah. Right you remember what I said? What's happening in our cities didn't just happen. It happened a long time ago. Right. Because the way they train their kids, now we're living with them. Yeah. 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 Or the way they didn't train their kids. Right. Exactly. So, we're going to get a, a, a quick real fast teaching. Okay. There's three stages of child development. There's three stages of child development. The first stage is from newborn to five years old. Now don't write nothing down. I ain't giving you nothing to write yet. Newborn to five or in the notes anyway, you can write whatever you want to write, but it ain't got nothing to do with the notes. Newborn to five years old is the first stage. Six years to 12 years old is the second stage. 12 years old and up is the third stage. And the problem with many parents is they're trying to do stuff in the first stage that you can only do in the second and third stage. And they don't get the first stage right. And you can't go to the second stage unless you got the first stage right. So let's talk about that. What does that mean? What does that mean? All right. Number one, the first stage The first stage for a child, a parent's responsibility with a child, is the stage of training. Write that word down. Training. A newborn to five years old is in training. Say that with me. Is in? Training. Now, write this down. A, let's look at the problem. Why does this this newborn to five-year-old need training? Why does he need training? Because he is by nature... We see a problem. A, a problem. He's by nature undisciplined. Say that with me. By nature he is. Which means. Everybody say it. Say it again. Say how do you know that? The Bible says foolishness is bound in the heart of the child. He comes broken. Every baby comes out of control. Now you think. Only his bowels are out of control. But there's going to come a place. I'm just going to tell you, baby boots is going to get added to you, both, you, you, you. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. they going between, between newborn and five years old, they're out of control. And it is your job to get them in control. Okay. What is training? B, write this down write this down first the problem what's the problem why is why is training necessary the problem is ch- uh, the child by nature is out or out of, out of control b what is the practice what do we do about it training training is the practice what is training what is training imposed discipline of punishment and praise read that with me imposed discipline of punishment and praise say it again You use punishment and praise during that period of time to get them under control. control. Let me illustrate. Let me illustrate. Uh, the second stage, we'll get to this in just a minute, is teaching. It's teaching. And I have seen parents, I have seen parents, let's just use this illustration. Uh, 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 little Johnny, little Johnny, don't stick your finger in that light socket. Well, You know, they want to do it anyway. Right? They don't care what you said. They want to do what they want to do. They are out of. Now. Your job is not to teach them. What electricity does. Because they don't care. They are. You got to. Show them. That disobedience equals pain. And then when they do it right. Good job, Johnny. Good job. You praise goodness. And you associate, you help the child associate doing wrong with pain. See, this is what's wrong with our society. Little Johnny was raised his whole life, never was told no, never was taught that if you do something wrong, it's going to cause pain in your life. And so he was never told no by his parents. And when he got before the judge... He couldn't understand why the judge said no. You know why? Because we never got stage one right. We've got to get him under control. We've got to get him under control. Now, what's the peril of this? The problem the child by nature is undisciplined, he's out of control. B, the practice is training, which is imposed discipline. I, I had a, I had a, a, a relative. <clears throat> who didn't believe in spanking. And and I'm a firm believer in spanking. Amen. And 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 this was her reasoning. She said, "I can't believe how do you expect to teach this child not to hit if you hit them?" I said, "I'm not teaching it not to hit." What do you mean? I'm teaching it not to disobey me. That's right. That's right. I'm teaching it To obey authority. I'm teaching it that when you do wrong. It's going to hurt. Because when they grow up. I don't want them to do wrong. I want them to think. If I do this. It's not going to be well with me. That's what you're doing. When you're getting them under. Control. Control. And you can. You can. Listen. The first stage. The first stage. And, and you can't wait till they get 14 to do this. That's why it's between newborn and five years old. Listen, and, and I, I, I've heard it over. And it, well, I, my, my child just didn't know your child's a sinner too. They got to know what no means. And they got to know you mean business when you say it. Help me. uh, Listen, if you're a counter in here, stop it. Stop it. If you say little Johnny, I'm going to count. You don't need to count nowhere. If you said don't and he does, you apply the board of education to the seat of knowledge till he has an education. Immediately. Why, why is this? And, and y'all think I'm trying to be funny. This is serious. Because you're training him. You're training him to know you're not going to act till you get to four. And most of you, you counters, you don't even act then. You're just trying to threaten him. But he's, too, he's smarter than you are. And then what happens is, what happens is what happens this is what happens. We let the little scoundrel pushes and pushes and pushes till we're mad and now you blow up and now you do it wrong. So what happens? Johnny, don't put your hand right there. If Johnny puts your hand calmly. See, you're under control. Now, Johnny, didn't I tell you not to do that? And you know what he'll do then? The next time you say, now, Johnny, don't do that. He knows you ain't counting. You coming. You coming. Y'all with me? Because you're imposing discipline to get him under control. control. And this is why this is so important. There's a peril if you don't. There is a tragedy if you don't. Here's the results of failing in this stage. Proverbs twenty nine fifteen says, The rod and reproof give wisdom. But a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Bringeth his mother to shame. You see, because we're trying to teach them and not train them. They don't need to know any reason for anything. You don't have to explain anything in that stage but what you said. Yes means yes, no means no. If you do right, I'm going to praise you and I'm going to reward you. Because when you do right, good stuff's going to happen for you. If you do wrong, you're not going to like it. Are y'all with me? Now, once we get them under, once we get them under, then we can move to the second stage. That's six through 12 years old. Now we can start teaching them. But guess what? You can't teach them if they're out of control. So in the first stage, they're out of control. In the second stage, they're in control. They're in control. Okay? In the first stage, they are undisciplined. But let's look at this. Teaching. First, A, write this down, the practice. The practice is instructing the child. Now we can teach them... About electricity and tell them if they do stick their finger in there, they'll have a permanent orange afro. (laughs) Now you can talk about that stuff. Because they are in. They're in control. How many of y'all have ever. Now, listen, uh, uh, there's teachers in here. There's parents in here that's mad as fire at me right now. But there's teachers in here that wish you'd listen to me. Because you let them little scoundrels stay out of control and then send them and expect them teachers to teach them. Uh, And then take the board away from them where they can't get them in control. And then you come to parent-teacher's meeting and blame the teacher. (laughs) Teachers, I'll take gift cards to Carrabba's. After this, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Y'all know I'm right. Let's quit blaming the teacher for our failure to get our kid under control. Yeah. And he ain't even a teacher. Listen, we instruct the child. Once the child is under then we can start teaching them. Now, why are we teaching them? What are we trying to do? Here's the purpose. B, write this down. The practice, the purpose. Here's the purpose of the teaching stage. is to develop proper reasoning and an appetite for truth. In other words, you want them to be able to start making good decisions. Now, they can't make a good decision in the first stage. They just need to know no and yes. They need to know when you say it, you mean it. They need to be under control. But then in the second stage, when they get a little bit older, between 6 and 12, they can start learning what it means to make sound choices and sound decisions. And this is possible. Guess what? Do you know these same stages are in the life of Christ? We know of Christ as a baby and as a toddler, and we know Christ as a 12-year-old. And then we know Christ as an adult. Think about that. And what was he doing at 12 years old? He was in the temple asking questions and answering questions. That's what your child should be able to do at 12 years old. You see, God gives us an example from here to here. Amen? We want to teach them how to make sound choices, to develop proper reasoning and an appetite for truth. Here's the product. This is what happens in the, in the, in the stage of teaching in the stage of teaching. The child is self-disciplined. Right. self discipline That's what we're trying to develop. That's what we're trying to develop. You see. In the first stage he's out of control. He's undisciplined. Now that he's in control. Now that he's. Or excuse me. Under control. Under control. We can teach them to be self-disciplined. Training plus teaching equals all right now look back up look back up training equals correction say that with me training equals teaching equals communication teaching equals communication and quickly quickly number three then we can move to the third stage and that's the touching stage that's where they touch their hearts that's where we become friends. That's where we can be buddies. That's where we can fellowship. At this stage, at this stage, the child is now what? In control. In control. Not under control. Now you can't teach them anything until they're They're under control, but once they're under control and you're teaching them, you want them to be in control. control. You see, the difference is that they are under control when you are around. Let me say that again. The difference is that they are under control when you are around, but when they are trained properly and taught properly, they will be when you are, hello, hello. You see the difference? You see, that's why when I went to school, my mom and dad wasn't there, but I was still in control. Because I knew where we'd get back to them. Y'all with me? But anyway. Number one, <clears throat> number one, what's the practice? What's the practice is touching. Reaching the heart of your child. Reaching the heart of your child. Number two, the purpose. To develop a proper relationship between parent and child. To develop the proper relationship between parent and child. Look what it said. Now, now, don't, 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 you might want to write something. I know there's no more slots, but there's, there's still room on the paper. Proverbs 10.1. Proverbs 10 1. Read it with me. The Proverbs, let's all read it. Everybody at Fairview, help me now. Help me now. The Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son maketh a but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. Now watch what Jesus says. John eight twenty nine. John eight twenty nine, let's read. And he that sent me is with me. The father hath not left me alone. Watch this. For I do always those things that please him. You want to raise a kid that wants to please you? Watch this. Luke two forty. And the child grew. This is talking about. This is talking about. Hello. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit. Filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. That's what I want from my kid. Now, training. Training equals. Look at your notes. Training equals. Correction. correction. Teaching equals. That's when we can communicate. That's when we can explain things. That's when we we can answer questions and 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 help them understand. All right. They need in the beginning. They need to do it because you said so. But once they're in control, they can learn now. And you can teach them. But you can't teach them if they're out of control. So training equals correction. Teaching equals communication. Touching equals communion. communion. That's when you can fellowship. That's when you can talk about godly things. Talk about spiritual things. Listen, I cannot tell you. Here, here's we we gotta all we gotta all figure this out. Every child comes into this world broke. I know there's different children with different characteristics and 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 different uh, personalities, and some are more energetic than others, and you, just, you can just make the list. But they're all broke in sin. Sin, now, now, now listen, sin desires to control your kid. Just like, that's what God warned Cain in, in the garden. Sin crouches at the door. Sin, in other words, sin is wanting to dominate you and wanting to control you. And sin wants to control your child. Foolishness is bound in the heart of the child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from him. They come here broke. It's your job. It's your responsibility to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That means imposed discipline. You're supposed to discipline them. Get the bad stuff out. Put the good stuff in. Get them going the direction they need to go. And it starts with discipline. Imposed discipline. You're not going to be their buddy. You're not going to be their friend. You're going to be their parent. And they're going to do it because you said so. Now, everybody in this room, I bet you I could poll everybody. Or I guarantee you I could poll everybody in this room. And you've been in Walmart. You've been in the ball field where you saw a kid that was. Alex hello. And he was probably 12, 13 speaking to his mama. I remember the first time that I can remember. I remember the first time that I can remember. Of really witnessing a kid. In this particular situation. Me and my father was walking out of the ball field. I was 13 years old. 13 years old. And this kid and his parent was walking in front of us. And he was just. I'm talking about. All but dog cussing his parents tell him how sorry he was and blah, blah, blah. It scared me so bad I thought I was going to get a whipping for it. (laughs) You remember that? Dad looked down at me, I said, (laughs) (laughs) I thought to myself, buddy, if you was at my house for one day but you know what we've done we've put the Bible on the shelf and we've, we've listened to people like Dr. Spock who tried to tell us how to raise our kids contrary to what the Bible says and now we've got kids burning down municipal buildings I don't blame them. I blame the person that was supposed to train them when they were newborn to five. But they were either too busy. You see, training takes time. See, you got to be there to do it. And not only do you have to be there to do it, you got to be consistent with it. You can't just do it every now and then. Andy, if you say you're going to spank them, you got to do it. You can't lie to them. I knew, I knew if dad said you get getting it, I got it. I didn't, I, I didn't think take it as a threat. I'm telling you guys, these little youngers are smarter than you give them credit for. And they're going to do whatever they can get away with. They will not move till they know you're going to. So let me give you some good advice. Stop counting and get to stepping. If you say you're going to do it, do it. But you got to be consistent. It's hard work. It's hard work. you got to be there. They're going to push you. And they're going to keep on. But at a point they're going to realize, I don't need to do that. It's not healthy for me to do that. Amen? And when that happens, when that happens, you can say, now let me tell you why I beat you over behind for getting in that road. You see that semi right there? They can't see you. Y'all with me? When they're four, they don't care. Cuz they don't even understand. So that's not the time of teaching. That's the time of correcting. Are y'all with me? That's a lot. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. I know some of you are mad. It's all good. It's all good. But see, you guys that are mad, you don't understand that we're mad Because you ain't training them. Because we got to live with a little hoodlum when you through with them. And if you're not going to get them under control. Guess what? Sooner or later. Someone's going to have to. And it may cost them their life. So the greatest thing. You could ever do, and the most loving thing you could ever do for your child is discipline them and get them. You just might save their life one day. And all God's people say it.